Well, good morning. Yes, my husband's saying I love your purple hair. It's not the lights. It is my hair. I, my name is Ash and I've caught the fire. So I figure my hair should show that. <laughs> no, I, I just started dyeing my hair late, later in life and I kind of like having some fun with colors. <laughs> oh man, isn't Jesus just the best? Yes, he is, isn't he? He is so phenomenal. And I just love worshiping him. I love being together in this place and just pouring out our love and our adoration and just everything upon him because he is so worthy and so worth it and so incredibly off the charts. Amazing. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I just am in love with him. And I, 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 I come... I'm the first Christian that I know of in my family. There are probably some somewhere along the way. But, but man, I am so thankful to Jesus that he did all the work and came and rescued me. And he's so good at that. And he's so kind. And he is so loving. He's always moving towards us. And he is taking many sons to glory to be with the Father forever. And I am eternally grateful to you, Jesus. Why don't you just tell him? Don't let me do it. Because I'm sure each of us have our own story of thanksgiving, of why Jesus is so amazing. Thank you that you rescued us, Lord. Thank you that you saw us in the miry pit, in the, in the trenches, Father, that, that you saw us from before the foundations of the earth. You had your eyes upon us, your eyes of love, even before we saw you, even before we cleaned ourselves up, Lord. Well, we could never clean ourselves up. (laughs) He's so good. You did it all, Jesus. Oh, and, and just I love some of those old songs that we were just singing in worship. Oh, you're so glorious, Jesus. Your name is like honey on our lips. Your name is so sweet to us, Lord. Your name is wonderful. Your name is the name above every other name. And at your name, Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're Lord. We declare that you are the King of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords. You're heaven's champion. (laughs) You're the darling of heaven. (laughs) You're our redeemer. Lord, you, you paid the price for us. You lived the life for us that we could never live. Oh, my goodness. You are... I can't even put it to words how incredible he is. <laughs> oh, Lord. Ah, oh, he's so, so good. Oh, yeah. Don't hold back. I'm like, come on, Jesus. We worship you. We adore you. There is absolutely nobody like you. No one who's loved us like you've loved us. No one who could have rescued us from all of our shame and guilt and pain and all of the mess that we were in. Oh, you're glorious. Man, and if we never, ever have any, if if we run out of things to be thankful for, which I can't see how we could ever, 
because he is so wonderful and amazing, then we can always remember the cross, can't we? We can remember, oh my goodness, Jesus, you hung on that cross, the guiltless, spotless lamb, the darling of heaven crucified for us. Man, you paid the price. You shed every drop of your blood for us. You've cleansed us. You've made us clean. You've washed us white as snow. You've removed our sins as far as the east is from the west, which you can never meet. If you keep going east, you'll never get to the west. Man, he's removed it from us. We don't have any of the guilt or the shame. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you're magnificent. Oh, altogether lovely. (laughs) Oh, may we never run out. Well, may we run out of words because actually I don't think our words can ever really fully describe how glorious and majestic and wonderful he is. Oh, man. Lord, we just pray today that prayer that David prayed after he'd sinned and done horrible things. Lord, would you restore to me the joy of your salvation? It's not mine, it's yours because you did it all. Lord, would you restore to us the joy of your salvation? If we are kind of feeling weary or tired or stuck or, or lacking in any joy, Lord, would you just restore that to us right now? Lord, may we never, ever grow tired or cold to your love and to what you've done for us. Heavenly Daddy, you are the best dad in the whole world and in all of heaven. Oh, you've loved us with an everlasting love. Oh, you're so glorious. You're so kind. You're so gentle and so patient. Ha! Ah. <laughs> Man, he's so good. He's so good. Oh, Jesus, I just want to focus on his magnificence this morning. I was going to preach another sermon, but the Holy Spirit kind of shifted it, which is always good. And um, it's, it's about the heart because Jesus, it, my, my previous message was about the heart, but this is still about the heart, the heart, if you, <laughs> if you don't understand what I'm saying. It's he's just after our hearts. You know, this is the beginning of the, we're just about to come into the beginning of the new year of the Jewish calendar, the days of awe, the 10 days of awe. May we have more than 10 days of awe of you, Jesus. (laughs) May we always be in awe of you. Oh, the multifaceted wisdom and beauty of God. We look at you and we are, absolutely dumbfounded by your beauty and then we see another side of you and we're even more caught up and in love with you. We can never get to the ends of knowing how incredible you are and when we feel like we've got to the depth and the bottom of your love, may we go even further, Jesus. Thank you for captivating our hearts, Lord. Lord, would you just set that fire upon us afresh. We are called Catch the Fire. Lord, let us be the most fiery lovers in all of the planet. Not because we want to compete with anyone, but just because it's all about you, Jesus. And you are so worth it. You are so worth everything, Lord. Our whole lives, we give you it all. 
Oh, let nothing else take your place, Jesus. Let nothing else compete for your affections and your attentions in our lives. Oh, Jesus. Not a reputation. We don't want, we don't want us catch the fire to have a good reputation, Lord. <laughs> oh, we don't want to just be known as a nice group of people. Oh, God, don't let that happen to us ever. We know you won't because you love us far too much to leave us as we are. <laughs> you love us as we are, but love us far too much to leave us this way. Oh, thank you that you are the great initiator, the wonderful initiator. It's all about you, Jesus. Jess was just praying. You, I think it was Jess, was, or someone was singing or something, but it's just you loved us first. It's your love that loved us first. You are the author and the perfecter, the finisher. It's everything that we need is in you. You loved us. You saw us when we were so unlovable. And you loved us back to life, Lord. And you are still loving us back to life. And so right now, we just fling wide the gates of our hearts. Why don't you just do that? Just fling wide the gates of your heart. King of glory, come in. Ancient gates, those things that have been holding us back from experiencing your love. Heavenly Daddy, would you, we just open them, even if we, we're not aware of them, Lord. We declare that our hearts would be fully open, that we would be wholehearted lovers of you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you that your love gets to every part of us, all the places in the depths. Oh, Lord, you're so good. Whew. Man. Oh, Lord, let us never grow weary of your love. Let us never get too familiar with you that we don't see you working. Lord, let us find the extraordinary even in what seems ordinary. Let us find beauty in the most insignificant places. Let us see beauty in the most ugly things, Lord, because we have your eyes in the people that really are completely different to us, that don't look like us, don't live like us, don't love like us. Oh, Lord, give us radical hearts of love. Oh, to see the world with your eyes, the way you saw us. We love you, Lord. Oh, I could just go on and on. He's so good. I just want to read. This is just about the heart and intimacy because I feel like there is more for us deeper depths of intimacy with Jesus, with our Father, than we could ever know. You know, these past 18 months have been a bit, eh. but Jesus is still wonderful and amazing. He's the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He's the same God that we worshipped before COVID and before all the other stuff. He is so good. He's amazing. Okay, if you would like to turn to Luke chapter 7 with me, oh, we're going to take a look at a woman who had such a revelation of the Messiah and how good and kind and loving he was that she did everything possible to get to him, to get to be with him. And Lord, I ask that that would be our heart. Okay, verse 36 of chapter 7 in Luke. 
One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, this is Jesus, of course. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. I don't think he had any idea what he was in for. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is probably one of my most favorite um, passages and encounters with Jesus because it just is phenomenal to show how intentional and loving and kind he is and how much he wants to cover shame. He, he doesn't mind exposing religion. He actually is okay with that. That's what he did quite a bit, exposing the hearts of the religious who thought they were all that. But he covered shame and he covered um, what, what others would have kind of rejected and despised. And oh my goodness, I want to be like Jesus. You want to be like Jesus in that way where we can look at someone who seems completely opposite to the way we think they should be. Oh, I long for a world where we don't meet people's opinions and beliefs before we encounter their love. In this nation... We're often known more for what we disagree with than who we stand with. And I don't want to be that way. I want people, because Jesus is now in each and every one of us and manifesting himself to the world around us through us. I want people to meet Jesus before they meet my political opinion, before they meet my social status, before they, you know, 
any, anything else. I want them to encounter the love of Jesus through me. Lord, would you do that with us? Let us be the most loving, kind, generous people. Oh, now I love this encounter really because this woman who was in all um, purposes in society very lowly and worthy of rejection, but she heard, it says when she learned that Jesus was going to be at the Pharisee's house, when she learned, she went. She didn't didn't think, oh, I have to clean myself up first. She didn't think, oh, he's going to reject me because I'm impure. Right? The Pharisee saw her and knew who she was, which is interesting to me. He may have had some interactions with her. <laughs> but, but she didn't let that stop her. She learned that Jesus was going to be dining with him. And this table, this dinner party would not have been a typical dinner party that we might know in our enclosed house with only a few friends. These kind of dinner parties were kind of, they, there were usually more people that were around the, the fringe of the table where people were sitting. There would have been Simon and probably some other Pharisees and honoured guests. You know, he's putting on a party for this prophet who's in town and probably was telling everyone about it. Oh, I'm hosting, you know, I'm going to have him here, showing off what the gift of hospitality he had. And so this lady, so this lady learns about it and there probably would have been people at the table and then a crowd gathered around the edges and the, the fringe of this encounter. And so... It wouldn't have just been a few people at the table. And there were always people following Jesus. Crowds wanted to get close to him. So I would imagine they, there was probably a bit of jostling going. But this woman, when she learned, she deliberately planned to, to do what she was going to do. Not letting the shame of her past, her sinful life, and her reputation, what people might think of her, and how they might even treat her, and the possibility of rejection. She didn't let that stop her. There was a deep hunger and a burning longing and a revelation of this man is someone I want to know. He's someone I want to get up close and personal with. He's someone that is worth me planning my journey there. So I'm grabbing a very expensive bottle of perfume, which they say would have been worth probably a year's wages. So she was intentional. It wasn't just a spur of the moment. She's like, no, I, I'm in my heart. I want to go and love this man who I know there's something that he has for me. Maybe she knew, kind of realized this is the Messiah. I've heard about him, but I want to go and meet him face to face. And so she took her bottle of perfume and she was hungry and desperate and single focus. So she probably had to, I mean, I'm guessing, but she probably had to get pretty pushy to get through that crowd. She probably had to push in, maybe duck and dive a little bit to, to miss the doorkeepers. She might have had to, you know, really press in. 
But the thing is, she pressed in and she was focused on Jesus and getting to him. Oh man, I love that. Despite knowing the baggage that she was carrying and her past. And what does Jesus say of her? Jesus says of her, her sins are forgiven. The person who realizes how much they need to be forgiven for is going to love a lot. This woman loves a lot because she's aware of all of the stuff. But she's still coming to me despite that. The religious guy, Simon, he's sitting at the table and thinking, well, if Jesus knew, if Jesus was a prophet, surely he'd realize that she's a sinner and he wouldn't want to have anything to do with her. Oh my goodness, how much does a fence block us from encountering Jesus or loving other people because we're so offended by their behavior, whether they wear a mask or they don't wear a mask, whether they're vaccinated or not vaccinated, whether they're Democratic or Republican, whether they're this or whether they're that. It's like so, you know, anyway, I bless everyone. (laughs) I'm still working on my own heart. (laughs) But, but, but she, she pushed in and, 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 and the Pharisee was the offended one, right? She was the one that actually pressed in desperate to get with God, the Son of God, the Messiah, realizing, oh my goodness, I just want to love on him. I just want to be with him. I know there's something, an exchange that's going to happen in, his, in, in that presence when I'm with him. And I'm going to do everything. And, and she's totally undignified probably to get there. But then when she gets there, she's at his feet. A single woman who's a sinner, perhaps a prostitute, at the feet of a single man, the Son of God, the Messiah. Or at best for some people thinking, oh, well, he's a prophet. Right? So she comes in and she pushes in and she presses in. And with her desperation, she pulls her hair down out because women had to have their hair wrapped but she's totally undignified and doesn't give a hoot. She's like, all I see is Jesus and I'm going to take my hair out and the the emotion just starts coming because he's so kind. He doesn't even have to interact with her straight away and she feels the love. That's what happens when we spend time with Jesus, when we read his word and we get to know him. Our hearts burn with love just by reading about him, just by thinking about him. You, I mean, even just at the beginning there where we're praying, as soon as you turn your affection towards him, it's like, oh, oh, it's warming my heart. That part that felt a little cold this morning, I'm letting it go. Oh, you're warming my heart in the presence of Jesus, the majestic one, the loving one who's so kind and gracious. She pressed in and she she. She poured her emotion out on him. She wept at his feet, those dirty feet, probably pretty stinky because they hadn't been washed by the offended Pharisee who was with Jesus. He was in Jesus' presence but was not in relationship with Jesus. He was judging Jesus. He was judging the woman. Oh, how religion loves to do that, doesn't it? We get on our high horse. Oh, I know. I know. I'm an expert. I know how it goes. I'd like to hide this part of me, but oh, I can point out that part in you. 
Often we like to point out our own issues in other people because it takes the, the light off us, doesn't it? So Simon is there like, oh, you know, that gross woman, if he only knew, and Jesus addresses him, even though he was under his breath saying it or maybe even thinking it, Jesus looks at her but addresses him, which I love. He's like, I'm not going to take my eyes off her because she's choosing the better thing in this moment. And she's weeping on his feet. She pulls her hair down and dries his feet. And then she cracks open the, this alabaster jar, this jar of perfume, which cost her so much. Because she's like, well, he's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. He, he's worth it. I give it to him, all of it. I give it to him. Oh, Lord, let us be like that woman. Lord, let me be like that woman because you're worth it. Undignified, not caring. When I'm in, out in the grocery store and I see someone that's injured, let me not care what anyone thinks about me, including that person, and say, can I pray for you? Do you what's, what's wrong with your body? Let me, let me see Jesus in that person and go and minister to Jesus and give my all in that moment. Do you want to be like that? I want to be like that. Yeah. When I'm at work or when I'm with my family and I feel like there could be a fence coming up in my heart because one of my children hasn't cleaned their bedroom when I've asked them five times. Lord, I know you discipline those you love. Help me to discipline in love, but love first. Lord, help me. Let me be that mum. Help us, Lord. And so she comes into his presence and she's, she's undignified before him and Simon the Pharisee is judging and Jesus addresses him and he, he addresses and he gives application to us in this encounter and he demonstrates to us. He says, guys, do you realize if you understand what you deserve, and it's, you know, you can look at a woman who's a sinner, a prostitute or whatever, and say, oh yeah, well, her life is bad. But Jesus, when he was addressing the law in the New Testament, he goes, if you so much as look at a woman or a man, it, it would go the other way too, with lust in your heart, you have committed adultery. So Jesus addresses the issue and he says, do you realize if, if you're aware of what, what you are actually being saved from, if you're aware that actually you have a need and it is much bigger than, than you might realize, oh man, you are going to experience love and you are going to love so much. If you realize the debt that is being paid on your behalf by me, Jesus, you would love much. If you don't realize the debt, if you think, oh, well, I'm not as bad as that person. I've kind of got it together. I, you know, tell my husband I love him. I thank him when he takes the trash out. You know, I'm not. I'm not as bad as someone who, you know, rails on her husband. 
well, then I don't realise the debt that has been cancelled on my behalf. I'm, I'm dis- in deception in that moment. So my love is not lavish. It's, oh, just enough, just enough to get by. But Jesus' invitation to us as his body is to an intimate and deep friendship with him and the Holy Spirit, up close and personal, knowing how loved we are. Because actually now we know Jesus paid it all on the cross. We can look backwards. We see he died. He hung on that cross, the perfect spotless lamb, and he paid it all for us on our behalf. So how's your heart with Jesus? How's the intimacy with Jesus? Do you have a desperation and a single focus like this woman? Do you long in the morning when you wake up to spend time with him in his word, just sitting in his presence with some worship music, soaking? Or do you get on with your day? Start the to-do list. Now, this is not a criticism or a judgment because I'm speaking to myself. It's like, Lord, help my priorities. For intimacy, it takes time. It takes actually me intentionally pressing in to get to know the one I want to be intimate with. When Murray and I got married, we had to work on intimacy. It happened the first night. But we still had to work on manifesting the oneness that the Lord had done. And we're still doing that 27 years later, praise the Lord. And may we continue. The invitation is to an ever-deepening, intimate, loving discovery of Jesus, our wonderful Savior and our Heavenly Daddy through the Holy Spirit in our personal devotion, the secret place. And... Being like this woman who was single-focused and turning her back on the past that could have held her from coming into his presence. This is the thing, right? Repentance. It's as simple as changing our mind. I, I don't want to keep doing things the way that I've always done them. I don't want to just go through the motions of loving you, Jesus. I don't want to just be okay with the little things that no one else knows, about, but I know they come between you and me. I don't want to be okay with that anymore. So I repent. I turn away and I turn towards you, Jesus. I move towards you. I, I, I posture my heart towards you. And I realize, Lord, you've forgiven me so much. And you continue to forgive me. You didn't just forgive me 2,000 years ago. It's a, you've, you've, your blood has covered every sin into the future that I will ever, ever commit. Oh, Lord, I'm so grateful. So why would I not say, oh, I'm sorry at the end of the day? This is what the Lord's had me in this season of just having a short account with him. Just saying, Lord, at the end of my day, I do a little audit if there's any pain in my heart from an interaction that I had or through a disappointment or something, I'm like, Lord, I forgive, I release because I want forgiveness and I want to be released when I do that to someone else. And, and, I, and I say, Lord, shine your light on my day and show me where I messed up. Show me where I, I, I hurt someone. And Lord, I ask your forgiveness. And then if I need to, I talk to that person. And I just keep that short account. I do a little audit. It's like repentance. 
He's worth it all. He's worth it. He is worth it. Oh, and he's worth that extravagance our whole life because he's given it all for us. That woman, beautiful as she is, she took care of Jesus, whereas the Pharisee, who was offering hospitality, didn't. Lord, don't let us miss you in our presence because we're so busy doing and doing and doing and doing and distracted. Lord, let us have that single focus for you. Thank you, Lord. I'd like us to do a, have a little bit of worship and just focus on Jesus some more. I'm gonna, I, we have invited the worship team to just come back in. But I want to give you an opportunity just to respond to the Holy Spirit right now. If, I, I'm just going to invite you to stand. If you feel the tug on your heart to go deeper in intimacy with the Lord and you just want to be like that woman to press through and say, Lord, I'm not going to let anything else get in the way of you and me. I want to invite you just to come forward and just um, just as a declaration of this is my whole heart. I want to have wholehearted devotion for you, Jesus. If there's a part of you where you felt disconnected from the Lord, or if you felt like you had to do something before you could come into his presence, clean yourself up, or, or work something out before you could just get into that place with him, I want to invite you just to come forward. If you felt a bit of a weariness and a growing tired of the old and just even in your devotional life going through the motions, I want to invite you just to come forward and say, Jesus, this is me. I'm bringing my flask before you of oil. I'm bringing my whole heart. I'm bringing the love that you've lavished upon me to you. And I'm just offering it back to you now. Would you relight the fire in my heart? Breathe on my heart, Holy Spirit. Where I've grown cold, Lord, would you just relight that fire and warm my heart again? Restore to me the joy of your salvation. If you've got pain in your heart that you have held on to, that you feel like it's causing it to be a bit hard and it's a blockage for you of intimacy with the Lord, or maybe you've experienced ungodly intimacy, today there is freedom for you. Jesus is the safest person in the whole world. He's also the most dangerous because He wants all of us. But He will love you in a way that you need to be loved. He can heal those parts of our hearts that have been damaged by abuse. And He wants to do that even right now. And I want to invite you just to bring your heart to Him. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's gentle. He's loving. There's freedom. We're just going to worship in this place. And in this place, I just want to encourage you, just give those things to the Lord. Ministry team will come and just put their hands on your back and agree with what the Holy Spirit is doing. But this is a just an opportunity between us and the Father. And those of us who, who are doing great, this is an opportunity for us just to say, Lord, have it all. Have it all. 
I hold nothing back. Thank you for your goodness. I worship you. This is not a time to spectator. This is a time to engage with Him and to pour our love on Him because He's worth it. He's worth this time. Just start telling Him how much you love Him. Just use your words. And if you run out of words, speak in tongues. Speak in the Spirit. Sing a song. Or if you just want to say the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you. We declare you're worth it, Lord. We declare you're worth it. Oh, thank you for your love. Thank you for all that you've forgiven us for, Lord. We celebrate what you've done for us on the cross, Lord. We celebrate the freedom that you paid for, Lord. We celebrate the holiness that you've given to us. Lord, we we thank You that You became the perpetrator and the victim on the cross so that we could be free. Lord, thank You that You poured it all out, that You love the Father in the perfect way because we can't even do that. Thank You, Holy Spirit. We give You the pain. We give You the disappointments. We give You the tiredness and the, the works, the religious works, Lord. We give You our opinions and our, and our offences. Lord, we turn away. We turn away and we turn towards You. Pour out Your love on us now. Pour out Your love on us now. Thank You, Lord.